0: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica studio. The official tour season is over. we still got some Davis Cup action. If you're watching or listening to this after Thanksgiving, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. i uh, joined now by former tour professional, top 20 player, commentator for TC in town this week for the Davis Cup, friend of the show, Jan Michael Gamble. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Mitch. Good to be here. It's been uh, an interesting journey, I'd say this, you know, the longest season that there is in sports. There's been ups and downs, a lot of new faces. I did want to start with this, though. Last time you were on the show with our good buddy, Leif Shirus, you kind of hit the nail on the head with Coco Gauff and the forehand issues that she had working with Brad Gilbert and then goes on and wins the U.S. Open a month later. So we, <laughs> we got to congratulate people that get predictions right on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, was, I remember saying that was a good hire and it certainly was. She did it pretty much everything that she could have done to have the best year of her career. And she has fixed that forehand. It's insane. Do it a non-issue it just made making better choices on it. And uh, again, Brad was the right person to, to put in there.
0: What I think is very special is, I mean, that moment was iconic for tennis and it was just a, a tremendous thing to see. If she doesn't win another major, she still has that U S open. The only problem she has now is ega like she's got an ego problem and that's every player and the head to head's not great ego locked back in which we all thought she would won the next two head to heads Um, that's the problem it's figuring out you know you can beat pretty much everybody else it's how do you beat this person consistently
1: and that makes it fun though right it is be wouldn't be fun without adversity so finding a way around that that tomahawk of a forehand that ega (laughs) possesses is going to be the trick and uh Iga played some very confident tennis as you mentioned at the end of the year it's gonna be really interesting to see who starts out in Australia yeah right foot I was stunned how quickly it
0: happened that Iga got back on track and got number one I thought it would happen but I'll say that that fast
1: was stunning I mean the way she played against Pagula in that final it was just like all right that's (laughs) just absolutely lights out tennis that's (laughs) that's makes me think of like Steffi Groff in the past just going out and crushing someone in the final that's that is not easy to do against Pagula is one of the most consistent and solid players out there.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a crazy end of the women's year. The men's season was the same. Um, we did have the top four. I mean, there's the same alpha, the same. which we'll get to,
1: <laughs> but I will
0: say, I will say this though. It was uh, interesting to see the top four players all get to the semis. Now we're going to get into the results, but hasn't happened much. We got a final four that were the four best players of the year. Djokovic, Alcaraz, Mavid Evan center. So, I know there's a guy in a tier all by his own and some other contenders, but the top four separating themselves from the field was nice to see.
1: Yeah, it seems to be happening. I I like how um, Yannick Sinner has really upped his level. Mm -hmm. He seems to level up a little bit each year. Mm -hmm. Now, four in the world, is that right? Where he's (laughs) ended up at the end of the year and uh, loved how he played in that that final, was outclassed in the actual final Mm -hmm. uh, against Novak, who adapted his game as... He often does. Um, but uh, the fact that he was there and he had so much viewers, there's so much mm-hmm. interest behind Yannick Center, I'm a fan. Yeah. There's a lot of fans out there, and that's really
0: good for our sport. What I thought before we get to Djokovic was fascinating, and, and Jim Courier brought this up last week, is that with the exception of Medvedev, who just played every match it seemed, the other three guys did manage their schedules pretty well, and they had dips. Alcaraz had the injury stuff, had some issues there. Sinner had some fatigue stuff. Djokovic obviously at his stage in the career, but we saw four, three out of the four players who are going to play their schedule, count on themselves to get the results when they lock in, and that might be a different way going forward. We'll have to see, but I think the days of maybe playing every single tournament might be few and far between.
1: I think the days, well, not for Medvedev. I think not he's for just going to yeah. keep playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so far, he's he's remained pretty much injury-free and just <laughs> loves playing tennis. I mean, he's built like Gumby. I don't know it's if like he can be injured, actually. Over 80 matches this year. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, Sinner Sinner has sort of some issues. He's defaulted often in in sort of throughout years. He's had defaults here and there, whether it's fatigue, which was totally warranted, by the way, and ridiculous, that scheduling.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get my conspiracy theory guards up because that was absurd, right? Like you Uh, you finish after three, which is a whole other issue. A whole other issue with scheduling events and when you – how many matches you try to fit in? how late you go if the tournaments go late and that's what their vibe it's is okay you, you, you got yeah. a tournament
1: in paris that has a wonderful stadium mm-hmm. and then two kind of strange outside courts courts i never really liked to play on, on yeah. it. unfortunately <laughs> in paris i didn't play all that well so i was playing on those courts <laughs> yeah. a lot so i get why they're trying to keep most of the tennis on that stadium right they just got behind it, it did. happens but they shouldn't then turn around and make the guy play that early it a
0: was game. day session technically like it wasn't even a night session so he you know, he withdraws from that, comes in locked into the ATP Finals and gets all the way there, but runs into you know Novak Djokovic again at 36, wins his seventh ATP Finals title, extending a record there. It's something to see, right? It's something to behold. A guy not just winning at his age, but doing it in different ways, widening the margins in a lot of way. And Jan Michael, he gets better at areas like there isn't slippage. If there is, he's doing a great job covering it up. What I saw in the Alcaraz match and what I saw in the center match was a guy that can weather any storm out of the gates. He trusts that he's going to wear you down because he's smarter, he's fitter, and he's been in bigger, big match moments than anyone in the history of the sport. The guy just never seems to
1: panic, too, yeah. in, in, in any given rally. Even if he he will run these shots down, and of course, these crazy maneuvers, he does the splits, he's recovering. Then some, sometimes the guy, his opponent, even hits a winner or wins the point. And Novak gives the, a little clap and shrugs (laughs) it off and does it again. And that's just, that's just overwhelming over the course of a match. And his shot making skills are are second to nobody. It's just, it's just unbelievable. He made that Alcaraz the in quote match that everybody was looking forward to a a non-routine. Now with that being said, like you mentioned, Carlitos has been injured. He's had issues (laughs) in the last, last few months. And so I don't think he's had his best. I don't think he's at his most confident right now um i don't know if when he walked on the court he thought he was going to beat novak that day it didn't look like it um but will it now everybody's going to have some time to to sort of regroup recoup hopefully get away from the game a little bit don't play too many exhibitions i know there's a lot of money out there in those exos. yeah we've <laughs> got to be careful because going into australia Who's who's going to be the best player, and right now it's 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 obviously Novak. So who can who can give him some trouble?
0: Yeah. Quick note on that exhibition comment last year, and he said it himself. I'm not just inferring anything. Casper Rude messed up the whole start of his season by playing with Rafa in all those exhibitions. So
1: how do you turn that down? Yeah. <laughs> it's how do you turn down an opportunity to play with Rafa all there's, over the There's world? a
0: big one around Christmas coming up, and we've seen the entry list. So some players already committed to that. I I, I understand that financially too. It's tough. The thing with Djokovic though, it's it's you get to athletes at this stage in the game and you think okay like their minds sharper than ever maybe they're losing some fitness maybe they can figure out a way to cover up some deficiencies he's not doing any of that he's playing well, what better would you say, Mitch, is yeah, that's like i don't <laughs> if anything no but like the serve and forehand got better this year we can he honestly did. say that which is crazy
1: they look excellent the thing the thing that he does mm-hmm. is he continue to give himself that which makes him tougher whether mm-hmm. it's the crowd against him or somebody in his box or his opponent or just that he's unhappy with the way he's playing. He finds a way to Mm -hmm. like that, which seems to be an eternal flame in his body to, to, to rise to the occasion, to get better on the year, to, to keep winning these tournaments. He's in the finals of all the slams this year.
0: And how do you stay motivated at? at, Yeah. How do you, one match away, maybe one point away if that Alcaraz, you know, swinging forehand goes (laughs) differently. How do you stay motivated? at 36, 400 weeks now at number one, uh, has every record except for tournament titles. He's like 11 away from Connors, doesn't have the gold medal. That's pretty much it. He's done everything there is to do in this sport. And it reminded me of that last go, you know, the last dance go that Michael Jordan had for the Bulls because he is basically tennis's version of Michael Jordan. He's done everything. He's become not just one of the greats. He's become the great. He's become the guy in the history of the Well, if you're just looking at the stats, I don't think there's there's
1: no longer an argument and unfortunately rafa's not out there we we hope to see rafa soon you know he's still going to be tough on the clay who knows what he can do on the hard to keep the body together um but it's novak's going to be the man to beat rogers retired so those those records that he put forth aren't going to catch up to novak's if you're just looking at the at the you know records Maybe Novak wants us to also be more beloved in the future. You know, when the stakes are a little bit more against him, when it, when he's having to like really dig in to win some of these matches,
0: (laughs) when he starts slipping, whenever that will be,
1: (laughs) maybe he's after Connor's record. Maybe he, you know, he's not telling us a few things that he, he simply wants all records and I don't have a problem with it.
0: I don't either. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, these guys are tortured geniuses at what they do and it's a reason why they've gotten so good. In addition to the skill, it's the motivation to keep going. And the fact that he's able to find a level where you could say, you know, even in the Holger match, wins in three, not his best, which is obviously a high level either way. Sinner, he loses, could have played better, third set tie break. But there it is again. Get Get him into the semis, get him into the final, and he'll raise the stakes, raise the level when it matters most. It's just the most remarkable thing among remarkable things. Absolutely. We're looking at it from another perspective too, though, because I think we're in the same boat. You obviously being out there, you know that Sinner was not going to roll over and try to shut Djokovic out in that well, Holger match. That
1: that that's even in the conversation.
0: It's not even about money to me or anybody else, right? Like obviously these guys make enough money. The money wasn't why he did it. He, he's a competitor. He wants to win every match he plays. There is also he's never beaten Holger Runa before, and I don't think they're the best of friends. That's a big thing for a guy your era. You don't want to let him get another victory over you
1: you don't just roll over and 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 you lose a match just so you can get you know (laughs) take out novak there i mean in theory it might have been a good strategy but down the road that's that's not a good look it's not a good look in the locker room it's not a good look going forward as as a competitive athlete to to not give your all when you Mm -hmm. walk on the court and i've never seen yannick center do that i've seen him default when he can't give his all um but uh, I've never seen him not give his, his 100%. I mean, these are prideful guys that have gotten to where they
0: got by, and the women too, obviously, by putting forth every effort. So you're not going to start rolling over now. And I do think he wanted to beat Holger. That was a great match. I mean, Holger I read got there. I that on Twitter. I was yeah. like, are you kidding yeah. me? This, I
1: was like, no.
0: <laughs> no, never. Absolutely not. That was a great match. Uh, Holger's not too far off, too. Just a quick note on him. I mean, for him to bounce back, get help from Becker, also get healthy, probably more important. And he shows you with his moxie out there. He's another guy that will lose a set 6-1, 6-2, but he'll be right in the match. Absolutely.
1: I saw Becker in there. I thought, well, you know what? That's also a pretty good hire. Mm becker has got a lot of knowledge, and he's been through a lot.
0: Yeah, I just Holger's great for the game, and he's great for the fact that we have another type of player and type of character I think is good. And I do think there's some things to work on, but it would not shock me if he's, you know, Rublev have made his fourth straight. It feels like Holger's going to be here for a lot of consecutive years. If the body holds up,
1: I think so. And then there's some similarities. Holger can, can hurt his opponents with the big shots that he's big ground strikes, big mm-hmm. forehand, much like center. So that's why they give a player like Djokovic a little bit of trouble. Can surprise him and hit some big shots and really kind of hurt him, make him play more defense than he'd like mm-hmm. to. He doesn't mind playing the defense, obviously. Um, but that's, that's a type of a mindset and a game style that can hurt him a little bit.
0: Yeah, he had two Djokovic matches, Paris and the finals, that were like the exact same. Great. Exactly. Third set, kind of wore down by getting worn down by a 36-year-old. At the It's <laughs> the craziest thing. Uh, more with Jam Michael Gamble here on Tennis Channel Inside. And I did want to mention Sinner because the final will leave a bad taste in his mouth. But, you know, was 4-0 going into that. Four wins against the very best players in the world. Won the group stage was able to also handle the expectations of playing at home in front of fans, which we know can't be easy. This was a real breakthrough for him. I know he's going to you know, take a couple days to decompress, but a huge breakthrough, how he played, how he handled expectations. Sky is the limit for center. He's four, and I don't think he's settled at that number.
1: Yeah, I think he's been one of the most ex- exciting players to watch on tour for a while. And, and again, I'll bring it up, is he's had some little issues injury-wise and some things that have sort of, I think at times, held him back a little. Um, I think he's figured out a way around most of those. Even, even again, pulling out of uh, of Paris saying, I'm just, this doesn't make sense to hurt my body to play right. this event. I'm more focused on yeah. the ATP finals, and look what he did. He made uh-huh. the actual final. Um, I don't think he's going to be too hurting from from that, uh, you know, I thought, wonderful tournament making the final. You lose to Novak Djokovic, that's not like the end of the world. It's <laughs> no. Most people are losing to Novak Djokovic. What I like is he's turning around. He's going to play Davis Cup for Italy. He's... Yeah he's he's in spain at least at least he's he's there so he's he's making that effort after that huge result a lot of players would be like oh i'm done there's something to be said right and
0: obviously centers at the top of the game but players that have good years and are healthy they don't want the season to end like we talk about how long it is like you feel like, like i'm in that rhythm let's keep playing tennis that
1: is that's very astute i think yeah. that's very true and you're playing well you want to keep riding that wave it feels nice <laughs> yeah the big thing, as you mentioned, center after the Zverev lost the
0: U.S. Open, it was a run of he lost all the long physical matches. He kind of flipped that in the Asian swing and into Paris and into now the ATP finals and actually look beating Medvedev three times in a row. zero oh, and six. That's that's huge. When you can flip the head to head on a guy at that level. I mean, Medvedev's got some real center problems right now.
1: And those are the kind of tests that's tough for a guy who hits the ball as big as Sinner does. A, a type of Zverev and Medvedev, very similar types of mm-hmm. players, play a lot of good defense. They'll play far back. They'll yeah. they'll make you play the long rallies. So you have to have the lungs to go out there against a player like that and really take it to him. And that, that's a tough one. So if he's sort of getting through that, getting sort of yeah. past that, where he struggles with the, the tough, longer rallies... Mm -hmm. that's a good sign for center fans
0: yeah i watched that match and i saw him show patience in the rally not go for too much too early which obviously it's annoying to play medvedev but also he will come to the net and that's part of the game that he's worked on to serve and shortening some points when he can he's he's been very smart and selective and we did talk about medvedev i will just say unreal athlete obviously huge fan of his sense of humor and everything that was the first match i thought wow he kind of looks tired like that was Dare I say a little sluggish, Medvedev, and maybe that is just eighty matches catching up. It's to you. eighty matches, yeah, yeah. man. He isn't yeah. taking
1: any time off. If he's not tired, then he's then he's truly a terminator, which he reminds me of. You see, like, you can't put him away.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw the the uh, like the ATP media video that they did where they were all playing the game where they held up, you know, like a match game basically. And it was backhand with your wife, depending on it. And Medvedev wasn't going to put himself up. And he's like, oh, it's not a winner. He's like, it's got to be me then. And so I've been training my <laughs> whole life, just getting it over. I, I think he's great. And I do think that there is a level for him to still get to because his baseline game and not just where he plays, but his four, dare I say, is so rock solid that I think he's going to be in the conversation for all these majors coming up. Maybe not French, but still all the other three, I would say. He
1: certainly proved last yeah. year that he can play much better on the clay. Yeah, and yeah. Winning in Rome, if I'm yeah. not wrong. I mean, that's uh, pretty impressive, his his turnaround on the clay. I think mm-hmm. he's a threat on all surfaces. With, yeah. with The big serve, his willingness to... You know, he sort of had the same thing as me, and he's much better on the clay than me, but uh, I always sort of had a bad attitude going to the clay. I didn't like the clay. I didn't enjoy the clay court season very much. And that sort of... I. Felt for Medvedev a little bit. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be his surface, but Mm -hmm. he's turned it into pretty much his surface. Maybe not as good as some of the other guys, but he could be a threat.
0: Does the doubt creep into your mind then? Or like maybe you mentally start to check and see yourself like, Oh, hard courts coming or grass is coming. Like when you have a couple losses, does that compound a little bit?
1: Well, the doubt did for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm ready to let's (laughs) just get to the grass as soon as possible. And you know, I I enjoyed playing the grass. I enjoyed the hard courts a lot. I just didn't move well on the clay. I felt like I had to play such crazy offensive tennis and Mm -hmm. come forward more than, than I liked to, uh, to win matches on the clay. Um, so maybe you're just adapting his game style a little bit. Yeah. Probably can't play quite as far back um, yeah. the way that he hits the ball.
0: Well, on the notion of Medvedev and how outspoken he is at times, we talked about this before, but Alcaraz said something too. Court speed's a huge issue, and people are, said, are saying that things are a little different, and you know that court was fast, and there's obviously the balls and stuff. I bring it up to you because your era and even the era before that it seems like you, you guys had to adjust to a lot of different elements, and this might be new for the
1: new-age players, if that's fair to say. Great. <laughs> yeah. I, hope, it, I yeah. hope it's tough for them. I, I think that yeah. there should be faster courts. Just just covered the Davis Cup match, and uh, um, the courts look fast there. Mm-hmm. look fast in Spain right now. So I think that that's a good thing. I think you have to be able to adapt your game to a fast mm-hmm. court, just like you must to the slow clay. So if court speed's a little bit of an issue, and Colleges didn't like it, well... <laughs> I just, I, I remember
0: that quote Roger Federer had where he, you know, and he came up with a different generation and kind of stuck around a long time. He said, I had to learn how to play a bunch of different styles. The players today don't really have to do that. And I, I think the ball thing in terms of injury, that's a whole nother topic. We want to make sure these players aren't ball breaking is down. It's a different issue.
1: Right. I agree with Carlos yeah. a 100% on yeah. what he said for the different tours, they yeah. should be using the same ball,
0: right? And you this know? is a very and this is a very specific pro tennis thing. Guys and girls that are playing right. year round yep. that deal with it. That players wouldn't even club players wouldn't it's even. Just some know. balls are just heavier yeah. than
1: others, and it's just a whole thing. So if you if you just say to these tournaments, and the, the problem is, mm-hmm. this, it's a sponsor for these events. Yeah, and so they're getting money from this ball the ball sponsor to, for the tournament, which, yeah. is, which is important. Uh-huh. Um, but if you just make it the tour, which is really a logical thing, especially yeah. for such a young pl- player, although he is an ambassador for the sport, but what he said mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. It's gonna cause some injuries. That doesn't mean it's the whole ball all year, it just means for these these tours, and that can be three or four tournaments or five tournaments in a row, whatever it might be. Sounds like they don't even, and the
0: players don't even really know what to expect. Tournaments, tournaments. sometimes they're a no, little, and no. that's that's where I think the expectation should be there, even if you have to plan it out knowing what there to was, expect.
1: There was, for, for yeah. a while, I know that the U, Wilson U.S. Open ball during the U.S. Open series mm-hmm. was the ball. And I thought that yeah. was such a great thing. So for all these hardcore tournaments leading up to the to U.S. Open, and I think that maybe Newport was included in that, um, you're using the same tennis yeah. ball. It's nice to get sort of used to it. The Australian Open sort of does mm-hmm. that same ball for the tournaments over there leading into the Australian Open. Yeah, I think that that's a
0: good good way to do it. Yeah, I think we could just get to some you know consistency with that is what the players want. And the last thing on the finals is Alcaraz. It was nice to see. And I, I agree, he didn't have the best confidence body language against Djokovic. But against Medvedev in that round-robin match was the first time he looked a little back. Like, this is the guy we remember. And it was a couple months since
1: we saw that version of him. Match tough is is not a made-up word. You know, you're mm-hmm. playing matches, winning matches, and uh, frankly, to be a very top, top player, that means you're doing it a lot. Yeah. So, you know, you get a, get an injury that sidelines you a little bit, you maybe didn't have the year that you thought that you were going to have, and surprise, Novak Djokovic <laughs> has again dominated <laughs> yeah. the tour. Um, that's a, I think that's a lot on, on Alcaraz's plate. Um, that's why I'm really looking forward to next year. I, I really love watching him play, as right. many of us do. So it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to. Still a very, very good year. He was number one for a number of yeah. it, yeah. and he's ended up at number two. Like I don't think
0: there's much that he needs to really work on in terms of playing tennis. I think match toughness, making sure your body revs up for the big events, which Djokovic struggled with early in his career. I did notice in a couple of the moments in this Vera match in particular, hearing our own Paul Anacone say that, yeah, this is a little bit loose from him. There are points and moments in games where he's not – Rock solid, rock solid. And look, he's, can he beat 98% of the tour when he's not even
1: like that? But it's the up 2 Well, that's the thing, I think that, one of the things that makes Alcaraz so excited to watch is that he's such, he takes (laughs) some some risks. Yeah. Hits the ball big. He's very kind of a different Mm -hmm. sort of new age, old age player. Like he plays a little bit like Roger. It's not the same, but Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit, a very offensive type of a game. Yeah. And when you play that way, you still have to make good decisions. To, To beat Novak Djokovic day in, day out, I'm not sure he'll ever <laughs> be able to do that. But to to beat him on the biggest stage, he's going to have to just be a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Maybe just, a lot more consistent. Djokovic doesn't seem like he takes as many risks, but he
0: just gets it done. I just... What else can you say? The guy just does it again. you can say? It's pretty insane. Uh, and then we turn on to the final real event of the year, the Davis Cup, going on right now. You called some of the action today. How about Finland knocking out Canada? Just Defending champs today. out. You know what? This yeah. is what
1: Davis Cup's about. I yeah. thought that this match... Uh, Virtanen was just incredible in singles and and then in the doubles stepped up with Helio Vara and the doubles and they got it done against the defending champions Um, Of course, both teams didn't have their full roster out Mm -hmm. there But that it's about taking the group that you have and finding a way to inspire them and get get you through it Yeah, of course this this format's pretty brutal Two matches and you're done two out of three it's over
0: yeah it's because in your era of playing and getting the chance to play for the davis Cup team you never had the pressure of okay right now rubber one means way more than it used to
1: I mean there was always the pressure because pre- yeah. if you could yeah. get, do well the first day and put your your team in front mm-hmm. then then that that doubles in the middle could could mean even more there was yeah. a lot of it was different though you know yeah. and the three out of five I think is is tough in its own way it's it's longer you have chances yeah. to come back two out of three is it's yeah. it's it's over quick if you if right. you if you sort of have a lapse in a set, um, you know I, I I like the going back and forth the different countries playing at home and away sure, ties. Yeah. I think that, that for me that was really special about Davis mm-hmm. Cup, um, but I think that this team format is 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 done really mm-hmm. well. I loved seeing the full crowds in, this mm-hmm. in the in the it was season. nice the fin the Finns were there in great numbers. Canada had a good support group. This was a great tie. It was a great tie, I'm I'm very happy. I love Canada, but I was very happy for Finland because that was you could see it meant so much to those yeah. guys.
0: Nice to see a Scandinavian country breakthrough in tennis. Amazing. It's a global game. Would you compare the energy and the, I guess the, maybe the nervousness how you felt before Davis
1: Cup match to like a big Grand Slam match? Was it different? Same vibe? Oh, I was much more nervous. Oh, because the, the, you know the Grand Slams obviously were quintessential, the most important <laughs> events um, for a solo player, but Davis Cup and the opportunity to play. Um, for your country especially when when i was going up against the likes of sampras and Agassiz and <laughs> courier and and yeah. todd martin and like just trying to get a spot on the team it meant a lot right. to to have that opportunity and i was able to able to get out there a few times so it was it, it was a really neat opportunity for me, and, and I had I did mm-hmm. feel the pressure. Es- especially on the road, right? Like maybe that's a little
0: more comfortable when you have the road hustle environment. It's a, a little different for tennis.
1: Well, I was a little <laughs> bit like, I have a few similarities. I didn't yeah. have a problem when the with, with Novak a little bit. When the crowd was against me, I actually liked it. Yeah. That was fine. It could fire me up. It didn't, it's when you're I at home. never backed down. I, did, yeah. I felt more nervous when the sure. crowd was all for me, and I <laughs> felt like I needed to perform for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, it's much easier to have right. the crowd against you, and you're like, you
0: know. <laughs> I'm the only one here, yeah. I'll I, take you on. I don't yeah. care. You can't do anything to me Noth- anyway. Nothing better than silence, too, right, <laughs> when you shut up a, an exactly. away crowd. Exactly, And you shut they're, them all up. They're, um, I mean, and just because of your experience, you mentioned Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer and that guys you were competing with and then played on rosters with. Mm. And then I'm sure seeing them up close and personal, you had to learn a little bit more. Because it's one thing to be on the tour competing with, seeing them win Grand Slams. When you're right there front row seat, a teammate— you get to see how these geniuses really do work.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was lucky enough to practice with, with, with Jim, with Jim courier, um, but sort of my transition from juniors onto well, lower pros to the, to the top pros. And so I know Jim knew Jim very well. And he was, I considered him a friend and he was, he was a, a lovely mentor to me at, at times as well. And so was Andre Agassi at, uh, so I had some good relationships that I that I developed. I think from the Davis Cup, from just practicing, um, they respected me because they knew that I put it all into the practice every single time I walked on the court. So that was a yeah. really nice. Uh, it just worked out. We all did that. We all hated yeah. losing practice sets, practice baseline games. There's <laughs> yeah. brackets flying all over the place and being <laughs> broken. But um, you know those practice weeks and having a meal with these these, right. these players, these legends of the sport, and people that I looked up to. Um, was a huge thing for me in my career. It's got to be one of those moments you cherish in your career,
0: especially just, you know, saying you were on the Davis Cup team, a a contemporary with some of these legends. Speaking of that, I mean, we've got Joker and Sinner both competing, and it does show you how much it means to them, how much, you know, in a long tennis season, as we reiterated, and everything you have to do and sponsorship requirements, you just can't beat national pride in a lot of ways.
1: No, you know, they both care about their countries. Novak... (laughs) Cares about Serbia. He wants to win the Davis Cup for Serbia. I think I think it's going to be interesting to watch that one. I think yeah. that's a, it's going to be tough. I don't, I don't think they have a great doubles team in the, mm-hmm. in that lineup. I think that they have a bunch of great singles players mm-hmm. that they could put in there. Obviously Novak at the major <sighs> forefront of that. But even if you even if that's a gimme, they still have to win the other singles match and figure out a way to win or figure out a way to win the doubles. So yeah. that's what makes this interesting.
0: He gets very emotional every time he has a homecoming back in Serbia. It means a lot to him. And if we get center, if we get center Djokovic again, that'd be pretty cool. So we'll see. Be pretty cool. A couple of things just to wrap up here at Jan Michael Gamble on Tennis Channel Insight, and I have to give a shout out too. And and he surprised me, and I'm sure you, Nick Kyrgios did pretty well on commentary this past week.
1: I don't think that surprised me all that much. I think he had has a lot of good opinions and and and, uh, having an opinion and backing it up and and saying something. You know, that strategically that brings the viewers in, I think Mm -hmm. he's very good at that. Um, You know, Nick doesn't want to let people into his head very much. (laughs) So I thought that was a really good opportunity to get into the head of Nick Curious,
0: I think I'd say more surprised how good he was calling matches. I thought he'd be good on TC Live because he has opinions, as you said, but it made me think of something Riley Opelka told me earlier this year that when you're up here when you're on tour that's your time to really shine in that booth because you know these guys you've played them you can offer insight that even former greats former legends don't have this is you know and that's what he was doing when Varev and Medvedev and Djokovic were playing he could take you into what it's like to be on the other side of that serve
1: yeah I think that's that's very interesting and it's great for the viewers it's great for Tennis Channel to have him in there and uh He's an interesting personality. Why wouldn't we want not want to have him? It's, it's fantastic.
0: He did ask though. His friends and him asked, uh, "What's the deal with this Thanksgiving iPhone update alert? What's Thanksgiving?"
1: <laughs> he didn't know what that
0: was. Yes, I don't. Th- I think it was a serious question. Oh, Fair enough. You know, because the iPhone geotag had the had the holiday in there. So he's like, "What's th- what's this Thanksgiving?" I keep hearing about. <laughs> oh, he doesn't
1: have. He's an Australian. He didn't have to know.
0: Yeah, so that's fair to say. Well, well, it is off season time for some. The training blocks have already started um and, and why i guess the final question why is the maldives like the place has it become a tennis destination was it for you it seems like that's where everybody goes oh, is that now the thing is that's that where, where they, they go? go it's the photos in the maldives for a couple of days oh
1: good for them <laughs> uh, my, that's far away from my place in yeah. hawaii which is home okay. so yeah uh, yeah i didn't need to go to the maldives to be happy it just seems like that's maybe
0: mostly and the european pretty. players yeah. yeah you know and, and for
1: europe it's probably much easier to get yeah. there
0: the caribbean certainly then certainly easier than going to all the way to hawaii money's gotten nice so it's nice to see it's like the the pay's (laughs) gone up uh but we'll see i i think serbia italy davis cup if we get that semi that can you know put a nice bow on this year and we'll see what we get done but jam michael gamble this was fun thanks for coming on the show not just this time but you know the several times this year talking tennis always a pleasure That was Dan Michael Gamble. This was Tennis Channel Inside, and we're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Just go to tennis.com slash podcast. Also go to Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, and check out the episodes on YouTube as well. You can subscribe and get every episode downloaded automatically into your phone or listening device as well. We're back next week. We're into December. Some cool off-season content planned for you on this show. For Dan Michael Gamble, I'm Mitch Michaels. Thanks for listening. Have a great and happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you next week.